God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the third and final installment of the Ready, Set, Glow special edition series of the Woman of All podcast. This is Dr. Anita, and this is the relationship episode. It's a big topic because relationships are really important. They are central to our entire lives. In a way, this topic takes the previous two episodes to the next level. If you think about episode one, we learned how to set SMART goals. S for specific, M for measurable, A for achievable, R for relevant, and T for timely. But how does that apply when it comes to hashtag relationship goals? Can you set a SMART goal in your relationship? Yeah, actually you can. Even though you can't control what the other person is doing, you can set goals for how you want to show up in relationships because you do have control over that. You can always decide whether or not you're satisfied with how you're showing up in your family relationships as a sister, as a mother, as an adult daughter, or how you show up as a friend or a spouse. There are so many elements at play that influence how we show up in relationship. We can make deliberate decisions, conscious decisions about how we want to interact and what we want to contribute and the kind of partner that we want to be. But sometimes, sometimes we behave in ways that feel beyond our control. We consistently underestimate how our childhood experiences shape the way that we engage as adults. It shapes expectations, who we're attracted to, whether we're comfortable with emotional closeness, crave it in a way that's out of balance, or do we sometimes seem to maintain a certain amount of distance and avoidance of being too close or opening up emotionally, even when we are truly in love? We're not always showing up as our healthiest, healed, and whole selves. Which brings us to episode two. Episode two is about mental health, and our mental health absolutely influences the relationships we choose and the way we both experience and care for other people. But mental health isn't just about having a mental illness or not. It's about how we thrive and how we connect. Relationships, or the lack thereof, deeply impact our mental health. We were not created biologically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually to be all alone all of the time. Yes, we can be self-sufficient as women, and we should be, but we're not designed to thrive in isolation. So the quality of our family relationships and our friendships and our romantic relationships are all gonna influence how we're doing. And women, being who we are, we generally have high emotional intelligence, but that also means that we tend to reach out and seek connection on an emotional level, and romantic relationships at times can be simultaneously the most satisfying and terrifying aspect of our lives. This episode is going to focus on romantic relationships for that reason. Some of you may have the hope of getting into a relationship this year, one that will prove to be lifelong. And some of you may be in a relationship now wondering if you should still be there when 2020 is over. Knowing how to or when to end a relationship can be a heart-wrenching decision. We have two callers on this episode who are both standing at the precipice of leaving a relationship, but under very different circumstances. I believe there are important lessons that'll be learned from each woman's story. 
Finally, we will wrap this episode with some special attention to the single ladies. I asked single women to tell me the advice they are tired of hearing. So I'm going to share what their responses were and offer what I hope will be wisdom for my single sisters and for those of us who are married, that we'd be better supports to the single members of the sisterhood. So got a lot coming at you in this episode. I hope you're excited about it. I'm ready to get started. Let's meet our very first caller. Yes. Hello, um, Dr. Anita. This is Stacy, and um, I'm calling from Huntsville, Alabama. I am 47 years old, and um, I am calling because I was in a relationship and um, was uh, came over to Huntsville, Alabama, with my then fiance, moved from um, Virginia, and we have um, broken up. Um, well, since then, we broke up um, just a couple of months after we got here. Um, and I think that I am struggling, and I would need your help with some questions that I have. Like, for instance, do I have to be his friend? Do I have to take his calls? Um, these are the things that I'm struggling with, and I'm trying to get over this relationship, but for some reason, I have feelings of depression. If you can give me a call, thank you. Let's get Stacy on the line. Hi, Stacy. Dr. Nita here. Are you with me? Hi, Dr. Nita. Yes, I am. Oh, I'm so happy to be in touch with you, and thanks for coming on and um, talking to us tonight. Now, I don't want this to be the shortest call in history, but... Do I have to take his calls? Do I have to talk to him? Sis, no and no. Anything else? (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of women in delegation are probably thinking, no, we don't have to talk to him. What are you talking about? (laughs) And I know, but sometimes those things can be oversimplified. Um, Sounds like you've been through something really hard. So Stacey, let me take a moment to catch up our listeners because our office talked to you and you gave us some more information about the relationship that I'd just like to share. Um, so delegation, Stacy met this gentleman um, a couple of years ago at a mixer for her sorority and his fraternity, and they hit it off immediately, moved in together a few months later. He gave her a promise ring and was talking about marrying her. They packed up a few months after that and moved from Virginia to Huntsville, Alabama, where he was from. And everything seemed to be going absolutely amazing. This seemed to be the man that Stacey had been waiting a long time for and praying a long time for. But shortly, a few months after getting there, the relationship really started to go south. Um, His demeanor changed. The connection began to fall apart. Um, There was verbal attacks and financial manipulation and uh, just a lot of challenges. And ultimately, about six months ago, Stacey did... Um, leave the relationship, but she is struggling at this point because he is reaching out to her again and she isn't sure how she wants to um, move forward or whether she wants to move forward or not. So let's pick up Stacy. Um, how did it come that he is back in touch with you? When he contacted me first, he contacted me on my um, Google number because I have a Google number, because I have a business. So I have that number mm-hmm. for my business. Mm-hmm. So he contacted me on that. He's like, okay, well, can I get your cell phone number for real so that I can contact you? And 
indoctrinated, it was hard for me to say no, but I did not give it to him. Mm. What were um, you feeling? Do you feel like when he asked you that, what made it hard to say no? Do you feel like you still love him? You'd still like I to believe did. this is going to work out? Right. Yeah. I still did. Um, but, you know, and I'm telling you, when you grow up Caribbean. Mm. <laughs> Tell me about that. Your parents are like my well, my my mom, my dad passed away. So my mom is just like, don't go back there. Don't go back there at all. You mm. know, my sisters will be like, don't go back there. You know, some other family was a, will be like, you know, don't even cross his path anymore. Mm. Don't even have a conversation with him. So you're saying Caribbean sisters will cut you off. They will cut you off. Okay. But that was, <laughs> but it's uh, for you, it was easier said than done. But for me, it's hard. Yeah. Okay. You know, sure. especially if you know that you really, really love somebody, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for me, it's hard to just cut you off and just be like, yeah, forget sure. you, you know? So, um, so you said, no, you didn't give him your cell phone number. So has he continued to call you on your work number? But he has continued, he has continued to call me and stuff like that. And has he expressed um, wanting to be friends? Because you asked if yes. you need to be his friend. Okay. Right. Because I'm just like, okay, what do you want me to do? You know, what do you expect of this? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I just want us to, um, you know, basically be friends. But, uh, but I just wanted closure. Mm. And I said, okay. But then now, Dr. Nita, he wants to be friends, but it seems like if he wants to be friends and have benefits. Mm. But I'm not into that. Okay. You know, so. Um, so do you feel that by not taking his calls, you're somehow not being a good person when you say, do I have to yes. take his calls? OK, that's how I feel. You do not have to take his calls if that is good. your choice. You know, I and you don't have to be his friend. <laughs> that is also good. your choice. I don't believe in the words I can't and I don't believe in the words I have to. Only I choose or I choose not to. There's hardly anything that we truly have to do um, other than breathe to stay alive. You know, there's very few things Mm -hmm. that we have to do. We don't have to brush our teeth. We don't have to take showers. (laughs) We don't have to, (laughs) we don't have to do hardly anything we choose to. And so the question becomes, do I choose to take these calls or not take these calls? Do Mm -hmm. I choose to try and pursue a friendship or not? And when we make it about choice, then we can begin to ask ourselves why we would choose or why we would not choose. So what would it mean to you to choose to take his call? Why might you make that choice? Maybe to be nice. Okay. I don't know. Um, why else might you choose to make take the call? And, and you know, let's say we, no judgment, your heart's in this. It's okay. Just help us to, to know I mean, you. for me, I think, I think for me, I want to know the reason why. Mm. So it's like I'm trying to lean on what, you know, or maybe trying to make him say, you know, it really was my fault. Mm. So you'd like to know know why he would do this so quickly, move you there and then leave you in this way. Is there an answer that would be good enough? I don't know. What could he say that would make it better? I don't know if it would make it better mm-hmm. or um but 
um, maybe I was thinking of something that he probably said that maybe, maybe if he said, okay, I got scared, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, maybe things were moving too fast mm-hmm. or something, something of that nature. Um, but for me, it's like, I am looking for an excuse and I think that I should stop looking for an excuse mm-hmm. because I, I don't think I'll probably ever get one either. Right. And so I'm going to take a guess here, but are you maybe in search of a why that would um, help you feel less ashamed when you looked in the mirror? Like, right. I didn't and miss it, this. He changed exactly, his mind. Right. I wasn't crazy. Right. He changed like, his mind. Was, Give right, me like, a why. It, right. Yeah. Make, I don't want to seem perfect to myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm but saying? But you want to seem because, sane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You want to still see a smart, independent woman in the mirror. Exactly. And you still exactly. are. But you exactly. you fell in love and, and maybe made some choices you might not make again, but that doesn't change who you are. Right. That doesn't change who you are. And sometimes I think right. our wise, I like to call it faulty wiring because mm-hmm. we, we get this why system going. And if we get stuck in a cycle of faulty wiring, we'll burn our whole house down. Exactly. And so <laughs> to ask ourselves, what am I trying to achieve with this why? Because if, if right. it's to, to heal something or to replace my damaged image of myself, mm-hmm. he can't give me that. And it's not even his his job to give me that. He doesn't have the power to give me that. I give me that. Right. I look in the mirror. <laughs> I forgive myself. I learn. I grow. I grieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I learn. I grow. I cry. I learn. Mm-hmm. I grow. That cycle um, can begin, but okay. not when the wiring is faulty. Because right. faulty wiring's dangerous. It will just keep electrocuting yeah. you <laughs> and electrocuting you <laughs> over true. and over again. That would be my concern there. Um, what are you thinking now? Um, what I'm thinking now is, um, well, just like you said, you know, no, I don't have to take his calls. So you can choose feel, not to. I can choose not to, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't have to be guilt, feel guilty or ashamed about anything, because I know to myself that I really didn't do anything to, you know, make it seem like okay, yes, I was at fault because maybe I had an affair with somebody or or anything like that. So, you know, it can make me feel better about myself, but how, but sometimes, you know, the devil plays with our mind Mm -hmm. and makes us, you know, make us question, okay, so you said this, but don't you see this? Mm -hmm. And then you just sit down and you're wondering, you know what, maybe you're right. I see this. So like the devil is telling me lies Mm -hmm. constantly. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes would just sit down and think about that. What kind of lies? um, What are some of the lies that um, are coming at you that you're tempted to embrace? 
Um, you know, like for for instance, like I mentioned, you know that you're never gonna find somebody mm-hmm. as good as maybe he was, mm-hmm. or you know, you're never gonna find, you're never gonna be able to, um, have that relationship that you were looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Sure. So we're going uh, back to the fears that. Um, it sounds like we're going back to the fears that drove some of this decision making in the mm-hmm. first place. Yes. Now they're still there. He's gone. Right. And here we right. are with our fears because fears are ruthless. Yes. Fears are so ruthless. And so the question then becomes, where do I go from here? What should I believe next? Do I give up hope? Um, and maybe some logistical things. Are do you mm-hmm. are you staying are you gonna choose to stay in Huntsville, Alabama and make it your own home? Or are you thinking about going back to Virginia or um, go into California instead. What? Right. You know, right. those things are yeah. open questions those as are, well. Those are some of the questions that I do have, mm-hmm. you know? Well, let me ask you this. Why would you choose today to release this relationship completely? Why would you choose to release this relationship completely? Um, you know what? I really don't have a reason as to why I would choose to. I think it's more... Like just listening to other people's advice, mm-hmm. you know, walk away, you know, um, don't go back there. You deserve better, you know, things like that. But, but, you, but you're really not sure if that's down. true. Right. Well, let's really break this down. The advice that you are getting, you hear that. But, and there was advice that you were getting before you moved there. You heard that, but it sounds like it's important to you to work from inside your own space. Yes. And so what would be the pros of going back? Maybe the pro would be for me is just feeling like, huh, I'm in a relationship again. Okay. Okay. So pro number one, I would be in a relationship again. What Mm -hmm. else? To me, that's the only thing. Okay, for you then. Just, yeah, for me, and maybe and maybe you can say, or maybe I can say, not being lonely. Sure. Okay, that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real, and sometimes mm-hmm. um, women, and probably sometimes men, choose relationships that are necessarily meeting the the standards that they would like them to meet, but are saying, I choose to be in this relationship because loneliness feels worse than this right now. Yep. And I choose a reduction in my loneliness, even if it may be temporary. Yes. How intense is the loneliness? Uh, It's intense Mm -hmm. because I haven't... uh, like I don't have a lot of friends here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And family is not close by. Right. And it's not that I want to always be um over by his family. Sure. You know, even though we've 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 um established this relationship. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about going home? Moving um, back? No. <laughs> no, why not? No. Um 
Because I like what I do here. Okay, so you like your job there. I love my job. Okay. I love my job. I love that there's no traffic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm cost sure compared to is, uh, Virginia, it's probably a lot better. Yes, cost of living is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, so looking at things like that, I wouldn't mind staying here. Okay. Um, got that. The depression that you mentioned you're experiencing. Um, Mm -hmm. can you describe that for me? Is it the loneliness or is it yet something different? To me, it's just a loneliness. Okay. It's more of a, of, of a lonely feeling. Okay, sure. And then, um, sometimes I just feel like I just don't want to do anything. Yeah, sure. So there's some sadness along with that loneliness. Some sadness. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's, it's not more of a, depressed oh I'm feeling depressed today mm-hmm. you know it's more of a a loneliness thing than anything else okay yeah well you are I, that makes a lot of sense because you're not in a place that had been yours you like mm-hmm. this job you got some big decisions to make yeah <laughs> so if you right now you're saying I, I could choose to go back to the relationship to reduce the loneliness even mm-hmm. though you recognize that there's a chance that that may be only temporary and you mm-hmm. may find yourself needing to get out of the relationship again. Um, right. This man obviously had has had or has feelings for you and mm-hmm. attraction to you. Can you imagine yourself, if things stayed like this, sit, standing up on an altar and saying, I do forever? No. Well, now that was this one of the quickest, shores answers you've given me. So, sis, <laughs> sis, that came from your gut. No, it, it did. <laughs> that came from deep. So I feel like your authentic you who is still alive in there just yes. spoke loud, more loudly than I've heard her since we got on this call. And she Good. said, no, that wasn't your mm-hmm. friends. It wasn't your mama. It wasn't his cousin. No. It was you. That was Stacy. Mm-hmm. I just heard Stacy say no. <laughs> so now that we just heard the authentic voice of you, mm-hmm. which is still alive under all of this yes. pressure, which has survived this move and yes. this loss and this loneliness and this grief, the you that just spoke is still alive in there. That's Mm -hmm. huge. Listen Mm -hmm. to her. Listen to the survivor that just spoke. She is there and she just let you know what she is not willing to do. Mm -hmm. She's still alive in there, girl. Mm. What are you going to do to take care of her? Mm. Yeah, that is really big. Because I didn't know that she was still in me. Oh, yes, she is. So now I do have to consider how I'm going to take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. What does she need? (sighs) Mm. I think she needs to just be true to herself. Mm Mm-hmm. And what would that mean? And and speak up, speak up for myself and say what's really on my mind and not just try to please everybody all the time. Come on. So I so that 
you know, so that's where I need to be. Because again, like when he calls and he would say, okay, let's go here and, you know, let's just sit down and have dinner. Then I'll be like, just like, okay. But when I really want to say no, you know? Yeah. So now I have to just learn those two letters. No. And yeah. Well, you know them. Because they just came all the way from down deep out of your mouth. And I'm it wondering did. if in considering going back into this relationship and, and, and wondering if you can somehow mitigate the damage that you feel like you've experienced to your life, that mm-hmm. you're maybe doing that to try to find Stacy and not believe that Stacy made these decisions and Stacy's made these mistakes and Stacy is lost and if I can if I can mitigate the damage then somehow I haven't killed Stacy but Stacy right. is alive so you don't have to do anything else to rescue her just okay. make space for her okay to live so if you want to stay in Huntsville fine but then make Huntsville your city go make okay. your own friends Join a church that's yours. Move to a part of town that's yours. If that's what you really want, then make Huntsville yeah. your city. But okay. if you want to go home, go home. If you want to go to a third okay. place, go to a third place. But in order for for that Stacy that we just heard speak to speak that we just heard speak to live and to thrive. Yes. Yes. We have to create an environment for her. And she's a fighter because she's still in there. So you can stop looking <laughs> yes. for her. That's her. Okay. That's that woman, that independent thinker, that educated sister, that entrepreneurial sister. That is her. She's there. I heard her. Now we okay. just have to build an environment for her to thrive. Okay. We have to build an environment for her to thrive. Okay. Okay. How's it feel to find out she's still there? <laughs> It feels really wonderful. Good. <laughs> I like her. She's outspoken. It feels really positive. Good. She's definitely in there. So what's the scariest thing that you need to do to start to build an environment for her to thrive? Um, like I said, the scariest thing for me is just being me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just... Just being my authentic self. Okay. What does Stacy like to do? Um. What did you do for fun before all of this happened? For fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm still in my sorority, so I still like to do things with my sorority sisters. Okay. Have you connected with the alumni chapter in Huntsville? I have. Okay. And have you started I to have. make some friends there? And yes, I have. Okay, wonderful. So maybe I have getting more involved in your in your alumni chapter, maybe pursuing yes. a leadership position um, or something yes. like that. Um, spending yes. spending social time with those women, just hanging out on a Friday night, you know, interacting mm-hmm. with people. Um, I can tell you that while I would never say anything is impossible, um, mm-hmm. continuing to be a kind of part of his family. Okay, is mm-hmm. is unlikely <laughs> to provide. Stacy, the space that you need true to move so forward mm-hmm. to move mm-hmm. forward so true and I believe that the Stacy who I just heard speak out isn't <laughs> willing to settle for a relationship that's unsafe 
Not at all. And it may alleviate her pain temporarily. Because when I asked if she wanted to marry this man, she said, no. No. (laughs) And so (laughs) that's that. And we don't, and you don't have to hate him to move forward. Okay. I think a lot of times as women, we're just like, if we still have a soft feeling for someone or a care for someone, it means that we should stay in the relationship with them. You don't exactly. have you don't have to hate him to move on. He doesn't have to be a hundred percent a bad person to move on because right. nobody is. Everybody's got right. a little something in there that's great, which is what attracted to the them us to yes. them in the first place, right? That's true. So you don't have that's to true. hate him to move on. You don't have to be mad at him to move on. You don't have to 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 not love him to move on you have to love you to move on okay and love can be starved (laughs) it's one of my favorite sayings love can be starved so the feelings that you have are real and the connection may be there but it can be starved out okay you know (laughs) it can be starved out because just like we do things to keep love alive Mm-hmm. We can do the opposite. You know, if I want to keep the love alive in my marriage, then communication. That means if I'm traveling, right. I'm going to call him. We're going to talk. So that helps keep That's love true. alive. So if I don't do that, what might happen to love? That's true. It it will it'll go. Right. It's going to start <laughs> right. to diminish. Communication. And exactly. Connection. Exactly. Time, quality time spent. Dedicating my thought life to this person. All of these things can help to strengthen a connection so I can do the opposite. Okay, I got you. Do you see what I'm saying? So the things that keep the love bond feeling real and feeling alive, do the opposite and watch it starve. Okay. And watch it starve. (laughs) Now, I'm saying it's not going to (laughs) hurt. Starvation hurts a little. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But if you fill that space with an increasing love, I want you to fall back in love with you. Okay. I feel like you kind of broke up with you. I did. You're disappointed in you. You're not who you, you think that you're not who you thought you were. Mm -hmm. I don't know this woman like I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And you kind of (laughs) broke up with yourself and- That's true. I want you to forgive yourself and get back together with yourself. And I want you to fall back in love with yourself. Okay. And you know what? There is that big scary question. What if this was my only chance? What if there's another, no other relationship coming? Does this mean that I'm giving up? Girl, I don't know. I have no way to predict the future. That's true. I have no way to predict the future. But... I think that you've had the opportunity in this relationship to learn what you will choose to live with mm-hmm. and what you won't choose to live with. Mm-hmm. So if there is another relationship there for you, and I hope so, because that's your desire. Mm-hmm. But what if there what if you knew right now that there wasn't? What if you knew right this minute? For some reason, you were able to see the future for sure. And you knew right now, for some reason, that the romantic relationship that you had hoped for might not be a part of your future. What would you do with your life? That's the same question my spiritual um, counselor asked me. And what did you say? And I said, <laughs> I told her at that time, I don't have an answer for you. Okay. Have you st- has an answer started to form? But some answers have started to form. Like what? You know, like, hey, if I never, 
if it is God's will for me to be single, I just have to learn, just like you said, to love myself, mm -hmm. to be happy with myself. And at the same time, be a person that someone can see that I am so in love with myself that I may even attract better that's all very possible. And for the record, I didn't say if it's not God's will. I ain't. I never put God's name on it. <laughs> right. I did not bring God into this. I think right. we. I think sometimes we. I don't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that it's right. not that it was God's will or not God's will. I, I take that com completely off the table. I'm just saying mm -hmm. there are women who are single right now who would like to be married, and maybe they will get married, and maybe they won't. But. Mm -hmm. We have no way of knowing that. I think a mm -hmm. lot of things happen in this world that aren't necessarily That's God's true. will. That's true. But things happen, right? It, it does. So yeah. we don't know. But I'm it saying, is. what what, what life might you want to look back on? At 60 years old, what do you want to be winning an award for? What do you want to be proud of? Whose life might you have had the chance to change? Are your graphics on billboards? What are your big dreams that have nothing to do with the romantic relationship? For me, I just picture it like, okay, this is Stacy, who have been through so much, mm. but even though she has been through so much, she has attained this. And she has attained it on her own. Mm. And what is this? Do you know yet? You know, I don't know what the this is yet, mm -hmm. but um, I just see... I, I think I, I see myself helping other women. Mm. Um, not even by, because I never thought I would have a story to share. Ah, well, you got a story you now, know? sis. <laughs> um, but just being able to help other women see how they can move from one place to the next without even feel feeling um i have not accomplished this mm -hmm. because i know that i have accomplished much on my own mm. okay because i've been a single mother for since my daughter was born. right sure and she's and all my grown daughter up is my daughter is a pilot wow congratulations you know thank you so you know, when I sit back and, and I think at just this point mm -hmm. in my life that I have accomplished so much, mm -hmm. I, you know, and I've, I've done it by myself, mm -hmm. pushing myself all the time. I'm sure there's many more things that I can do mm -hmm. by still pushing myself to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like you to tonight write down everything you have accomplished that you okay. are proud of from your fifth grade science project <laughs> to <laughs> the kind of sister or daughter that you've been to the degrees that you've earned to the child that you've raised. I want you to write down every single thing you've accomplished that you're proud of and be okay. reminded of your achievement capacities. Okay. And the, the big question that I want you to be considering praying about listening to people who love you suggest is what's my what would my next look like because okay if another person shows up another re possible relationship shows up mm -hmm. we want him to be a match for the stacy that we're designing right now 
Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. And so one of the, of course, most important things that we can do when we're in a situation where we don't have complete control and we don't yeah. have control over whether we get married or not. We don't really have complete control over that. And that's so terrifying for so many women. But Mm -hmm. what do you have control over? What do you have power over? You have that power over you. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe you'll be the national president of your sorority one day. You never know. (laughs) Why not? It's something that you love. And it's an organization of women who are connected to serve. You know, if that's a a place where you can root and, and, and live that out, whatever it ends up being. It might seem a little scary at first, but you definitely have the goods. The reason okay. you've been so rattled is because you're like, how did somebody with these goods end up in this spot? And while you can <laughs> yes. come, because you're a human and you have vulnerabilities and a heart. Okay, so we just yes. going to get with God to pick up these pieces, get yes. a hold of our faith. God is not mad at you. Okay. <laughs> He's not mad at you. Have you been feeling like he might be uh, uh, yes. punishing you a little bit? <laughs> yes. That's, yes. Not, that's not who he is. He's not that kind of father. Would you Would you punish your child forever and ever if she made a decision no. that she regretted? Well, not Matthew chapter 7 says that if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Does your father in heaven know how to give you good gifts? And I love that passage because I'm a mom too, and I try my best to be the best mom I can be. And the Bible says that no matter how good I am as a mom, compared Mm to him, I'm Mm -hmm. evil. (laughs) Right? If you being evil, compared to him, I'm evil. And I I feel like I'm a good mom. I'm killing myself to be a good mom. But no matter how (laughs) good I am at it, compared to him, I look bad. As a parent, because he loves us that much. So your father loves you that much yes, that he wouldn't punish you for life for a decision that you regret, just like you wouldn't do that to your daughter. Oh, no, not at all. And he's he's (laughs) as good a parent as us. He's better than we are. So be Mm -hmm. his girl. Be his baby girl. Okay. Be his baby girl. Let him wrap his arms around you. Okay. And carry you to your next place. Whatever that okay. might be, whether it's the mayor of Huntsville <laughs> or if it's Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. You know, okay. you're not old. No. I'm in my 40s too. <laughs> These 40s are going to be fabulous. Yes. Um, but if you don't remember anything else from this call, if you don't remember anything that I said, I want you to remember your own voice coming okay. out of your own mouth saying, What? No. No. (laughs) You hold on to that no. (laughs) So I have to ask you this because I ask every single person and it sounds like you have a lot of um, healing to do, but also a lot of life to live. So how about some therapy? Yes. Glad you brought that up because I went today 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 <laughs> today nice my daughter encouraged me good job daughter look at that <laughs> look at that and how did you like your first session it was scary at first sure. you know going uh-huh but it was great i love the way that 
black women are taking care of each other in this way, daughters and mothers, mothers yes. and daughters, sisters, cousins, friends, that we are just promoting each other's healing. And that means so much. So, man, you you started therapy today. I should have waited two more weeks. You'd have been like, I don't even need to talk to you, Dr. <laughs> Nita. I'm, I'm, a, I'm out here making it happen. So hopefully. Well, uh, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad to. too. I hope we gave you a jump start today and, and that the, yes. your therapist will be excited to hear um, some of the insights that you were able to gain today just by chatting. Yes. Uh, I'm super glad I got to meet you, Stacey. Thank you for honoring <laughs> me, me with your story. Oh, for sure. All right. It was my pleasure. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Wow. What can I say about that conversation with Stacy? It speaks for itself. And I bet every single one of you identified with something or learned something from listening to Stacy's journey. Three things that do stand out to me that I want to reiterate. One, we can have a strong mind and a vulnerable heart at the same time. Stacy was really struggling with looking herself in the mirror, seeing this person who had made a decision that she deeply regretted and feeling ashamed because she felt like I'm a strong, independent woman. I'm an educated woman. I'm an entrepreneur. How did I get here? And sometimes we look at other women and we judge them. I thought she was smart. She seemed so smart. But when it comes to men, maybe she's not smart. Look, honey, having a strong mind is not mutually exclusive with having vulnerabilities in your heart. And one of the chief vulnerabilities that we are carrying is fear. Fear of, of not getting into the relationship that we have been hoping for and waiting for for a long time can undermine our decision making. Shoot, fear undermines our decision making in every area. It can slow us down from pursuing our educational dreams, from pursuing our entrepreneurial dreams because we're afraid of what might not happen. And then instead of making a slow, steady, analytical decision, sometimes because of fear, we'll just jump because if we think about it too much, the fear will overwhelm us, so we just jump. And it's happened to all of us at some point in our life in one way or another, where we've taken a leap that we may have labeled as faith, but it was actually a fear leap. It was us trying to get away from what we were afraid of. And fear torments us. And the only way to deal with fear is to refuse to allow it to live in our hearts. And that means speaking out loud about it, being honest about it, and recognizing that if we're in an area of our life where fear threatens to compromise our decision-making, that's a really good time to have accountability with someone we trust, whether it's a very close friend who we trust to tell us the truth, a spiritual leader, a mentor. If you know that you're dealing with an issue that scares you, money, men, your health decisions, career decisions, if it's something about it that scares you, that is a place for you to have some accountability, someone who is going to be very honest with you and help you with those decisions and you trust them because you know that fear may be compromising your decision making. And finally, I do wanna say this, specifically with regard to relationships, ladies, there is no substitute for time. There's no substitute for time. You can meet someone and that click, 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 it can be there. And it seems like everything's moving quickly. And you say, hey, I'm grown. You know, like she said, we both felt like we're adults and, you know, we're getting older, but there's no substitute for time. 
only time and circumstances that you can't force but will naturally develop over time will give you the opportunity to observe someone under different types of pressure in different settings in different circumstances so that you can truly know them so take your time get to know someone in a new relationship i'm not asking you to be terrified but i am asking you to take your time that's the number one piece of advice that i would give anyone um, in a circumstance like this. So again, Stacy, thank you for what you shared with us. And we are all excited about your next. We're looking forward to our next caller and we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com is an online counseling service that offers 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. It's available worldwide and has four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. What I love so much about BetterHelp.com is that they offer counselors who specialize in literally everything. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, or trauma. No matter what it is you're facing, they have someone on standby who can help you. One of the things that I personally enjoy about BetterHelp is that there's financial aid available for those who qualify. This means that there's literally no reason why you can't start getting the help you need today. BetterHelp.com is offering 10% off your first month of therapy using the discount code EVOLVE. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp.com EVOLVE. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love today. That's BetterHelp.com EVOLVE. Ladies, we're headed all the way to the West Coast to connect with this next sister. Hello, my name is Jasmine and I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I am 37 years old. Um, I am challenged right now because I am separated from my husband for the last three months and I'm just lost on where I need to go. I'm trying to read my Bible, stay focused, um, and just pray and give it some time, but I'm really struggling with this and um, just trying to figure out if I should be calling it quits. So all the prayers are needed. Um, I really appreciate this line to be able to speak it out and just say what's on my mind. Thank you. Jasmine, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. Welcome to Ready, Set, Glow, the relationship episode. Awesome. A lot of things awesome, to talk awesome. about tonight. So thank yes. you for calling. I I really, I was touched um, just listening to your voice as you left that message. I could hear the pain that you're in, how conflicted mm-hmm. you are. Catch us up with what's gone on since that since you left us that message. Where are things right now? Um, me and my husband are still separated. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually not living in the home. Um, and we most definitely communicate because we do have two young daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just really trying to figure out which road I should be going down for myself at this time. Okay. Tell us about the marriage. Tell us about your husband. Help us understand who the two of you are. 
Okay. So um, we both met about 15 years ago mm-hmm. um, in college. Oh, okay. And um, we dated for about four years. Um, after I graduated with my master's, um, we decided to get married and um, we moved to Seattle, Washington, mm-hmm. where we were for a couple of years and had our first child and then moved back here to be closer to family um, and just have some support with, yeah. with the one um, with the one daughter we had already. And then um, when we had our second daughter, we were here with family. So it went really smoothly. Um, once we had our second daughter, that's when the marriage got a little bit rocky. Um, just trying to manage, you know, me being a mom, mm-hmm. being a full time um I was working full time at the at that time okay. um, uh, in education field and ha- was working about fifty hours a week. Wow! So coming back and forth, um, trying to be the super mom mm-hmm. and also be the super wife mm-hmm. um, was very difficult. So we started to kind of grow apart a little bit. What and, year is this about into the marriage now? Um, we are in when you started about year apart. seven. Okay, about, about year seven. seven. Okay, about year seven. Mm-hmm. So we started kind of growing apart, not really communicating, um, not spending as much time together. But there's really no time to really spend together mm-hmm. either because we're balancing the children, um, and you know me working and him working and traveling. He also travels for work as well. Mm. So it just took a lot, of, a lot out of us. Yeah. And so we just got to a point to where we were just trying to figure out how to make it work. And it just wasn't working for us. Mm-hmm. So um, last year we decided to go ahead and just separate and kind of have some time apart to figure out if this is really where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want my marriage. I do want to stay married. Um, but at the same time, I'm just really struggling with you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just recently, two weeks ago, he did come by and ask me if I wanted to go out on a date. So um, to kind of just, you know, fill each other out and kind of just see, you know, how we were feeling and kind of communicating a little bit. So that did go well, but, you know, it's just kind of the beginning stages of it all. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to figure it out, but we've been married total 11 years. Okay. Already. What mm-hmm. led, What were some of the um, final events that led up to, I think you need to leave or him saying I'm leaving? What, what kind of escalated to that point? Um, we started married, marital counseling. Okay. Um, and uh, during the counseling sessions, it just seemed like we were just on two different pages mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt like, Every conversation we were having, it was a lot of arguing going on. Okay. And we just kind of felt like, okay, we need to separate ourselves. It was kind of, it was him saying that he wanted to separate, but then it was kind of me who kind of just said, okay, you need to go. Because if you're feeling like you need to go, (laughs) then, you know, you staying here, what is the point of you staying here? Mm. So at the end of the day, I was the one that finally said, okay, you need to go. Mm -hmm. Figure yourself out. I'll have some time to figure myself out. That was last October. Okay. So um, it's just been kind of us, you know, at this point still Mm -hmm. co-parenting. He lives literally five minutes from where we are. Mm -hmm. Um, He's living with a family member. So very close. Um, So we see each other basically every single day. Okay. um, Because of the children. Sure. Um, (laughs) And trying to manage it. Did the arguments become 
um, verbally abusive? Did it become physical? Were you concerned about arguing in front of the children? What was the intensity there? Um, mostly in front of the children, no physical, no physical kind of, you know, interactions mm-hmm. like that, but it was most definitely tense. Okay. So, um, he, before he actually moved out, he had moved into the other bedroom as well, mm-hmm. just because it just wasn't working for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was also another, you know, issue that was hard because mm-hmm. we were living, we were already living apart. Basically. Yeah, sure. How old are your children? So, um, four and nine. What's been their response to this change? Um, I think the oldest one kind, kind of feels that, you know, daddy left us mm-hmm. a little bit, where the youngest one is kind of still just, okay, I'm going to daddy's house because they do spend two nights a week with him. Okay. Um, just so they can have some time, alone time with him too, mm-hmm. kind of hanging out and being around him since he's not here. So we kind of figured out a schedule, mm-hmm. you know, nothing permanent, but, mm-hmm. um, just kind of a schedule that we can have. Okay. Um, for right now. Do you have have either of you um, been outside of the marriage? Is there concerns with um, infidelity on either side, emotionally or physically? Um, yes. Okay. There was some of that um, before the separation that had happened about two years ago. Okay. Talk to so, me about that. Um, so the emotional was me. Mm-hmm. I most definitely have um, a friend that I've been knowing before I got married mm-hmm. who most definitely became that person that I could uh, talk to, mm. basically lean on, um, have dinner every once in a while, kind of hung out together. Um, and he ended up, it was some infidelity there as well, mm-hmm. where he met someone and kind of had a fling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to say, um, with someone, um, during that time too. So it kind of, um, he always knew I had the male friend, mm-hmm. but during the counseling session is kind of that emotional connection came up. Okay. Um, and I had found out about the infidelity a year, about a year ago, okay. a year and a half ago. Okay. So, How did that come out? Um, you said the emotional affair um, came out in the counseling, but yes, his, his but, affair came out differently. Mm-hmm. It came out through text messages okay. that I had seen. Got mm-hmm. it. Um, so it kind of came out that way. So then it was just like, I mean, I didn't know what to do, how to handle it, how to move on. Sure. Um, and he most definitely, with his situation, I mean, he had knew about my friend before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, through the counseling sessions that it came out, well, I never knew what you were doing. Mm. You had went out with him, mm. you know, like I didn't know if it was something more, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. So him being able to deal with it instead of having a conversation with me, which I was kind of, I was very honest with him about like, you know, who the guy was, mm-hmm. um, just kind of what our friendship was mm-hmm. about. And I've always wanted them to know each other, mm-hmm. but um, my husband never wanted that to happen. Mm. So were you being honest with yourself about where that, um, where that friendship was, what that friendship was Um, turning into? But I I never, I I still to this day don't see me as being with that person, Mm -hmm. but he was giving me things that I was missing from my marriage. Right. And that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I think that's one of Mm -hmm. the things that um, we sometimes miss anything that we're giving to someone else that belongs to our spouse. Exactly. Is us cheating them out of something. Exactly. And I totally like, even to this day, like he's not somebody that I would ever be with Mm -hmm. or want to be with, Mm -hmm. but he most definitely was that boy Mm -hmm. that I was missing in my marriage. And I needed, 
I didn't, I don't want to say I needed it, but it was very comforting to have somebody who was there for me mm-hmm. emotionally. To fill the space. Who understood to fill the space that I was missing for my marriage. Sure. So how did it go as far as working on those issues and counseling? Did you all feel like you were able to start to make some progress on those issues or it was getting worse? Um, it kind of stayed the same. Okay. Like, there was nothing that was really changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think, you know, he brought up like just separating. Okay. like Because we, we both felt like, it wasn't changing. It was kind of still saying the mm-hmm. staying the same. Mm-hmm. And we kind of needed um, to branch out a little bit and just kind of figure out ourselves. Because we've been, you know, we've been together a very long time, sure. 20 years mm-hmm. total. Um, be young and kind of not knowing anybody but him mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. So it kind of just gave us a minute to kind of get our own bearings back to ourselves mm-hmm. and then kind of figure out who we were as people and then figuring out if this is where we want to be okay. together. Okay. Um, you said you've been praying about it a lot, reading your Bible, mm-hmm. looking for guidance. What um, role does your faith play in your perception of the situation and your desires for this situation? Um, I feel like my faith is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel that, um, most definitely praying every day, mm-hmm. um, about the situation, um, reading my Bible, going to Bible study. I go to Bible study every Thursday night. Um, I'm a part of different groups, mm-hmm. um, just on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm also just did the, one of the 21 day, um, 21 day, um, um, Bible journal writing, mm-hmm. um, through one of the, um, Instagram creators. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the name, but okay. <laughs> I'm doing something through that. And then uh, just me and him also have started praying together every Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So um, he still, we still attend church together mm-hmm. every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so Sunday when he leaves um, in the afternoon after he sees the girls, you know, we pray together every Sunday night to kind of just pray for clarity, praying for understanding um, why we're going through this mm-hmm. and, you know, what the end result's going to be. Because, you know, it was hard for me to put my trust in God mm-hmm. in the beginning because mm-hmm. I'm like, why? You know? Yeah. Why? Why? So. Is it hard? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why do, Why are we going through this? You know, like, you know, I feel like over the years I've had this vision of my life. Mm-hmm. I was always the one who planned. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly. I went to undergrad. I went to graduate school. I knew what I wanted to be. I knew I was going to, I knew I was going to marry him the moment I met him, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I had it, I had a plan Mm -hmm. for life. And then all of a sudden my, you know, your whole plan turns upside down and I have no control over anything. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's one of the things as a parent too, you know, you try to control, you know, like, okay, they have ballet this day. They have, you know, this is the time and we got it, you know, like my day to day was so like clockwork Mm -hmm. to where when this happened and him moving out, it just all went up in flames Mm -hmm. and I just didn't know what to do. And so I had to just lean on my faith Mm -hmm. and just basically say, God, I have to give it to you because if I don't, I'm going to drive myself crazy. The anxiety, the, I I mean, not eating, not, not being able to focus Mm -hmm. on what I need to do for myself and for my children. It was just unbearable at one point. Mm. You, it sounds like you're pretty grounded in a faith community. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you talked to your pastors or met with pastoral care elders or received some guidance from from there? 
Um, I do have someone in my family who's a pastor Mm -hmm. and I most definitely have reached out to them Mm -hmm. and had conversations in regards to the situation and uh, in my circle, as far as friends, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of them who are faith based, you know, Mm -hmm. who believe in God and who go to church Mm -hmm. and most definitely who I've reached out to, Mm -hmm. not my pastor per se. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you know, not saying that you're going to be judged, Mm -hmm. but you know, you kind of feel sometimes that people may judge you based off what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. And not saying that he wouldn't be there and be helpful, but I think we kind of haven't went that route just yet. So even the um, counseling that we went to was a Bible-based counseling mm-hmm. through another church. Okay. We didn't go through our church. Okay. So you we haven't gone to church. a licensed marriage and family therapist? No. Yet. Yet. Okay. Yet. Mm-hmm. What would you like to happen? What do you really <laughs> want? Um... I really want my marriage. Okay. But I think it's it's hard to forgive mm-hmm. and forget, you know, and, and that's where I'm leaning on God for because, I mean, I know I've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. I know I do not have, you know, I'm not the best at what I've done too, mm-hmm. um, but it's just hard to know that, you know, it's the hurt, the hurt, mm-hmm. the um, disrespect, the those pieces that it, you know, to move past it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, am I strong enough? Mm-hmm. Am I strong enough to get past that mm-hmm. and move forward and not have that something, have that weighing on me forever? What do you believe that he wants as far as you know? And I say it that way because he's not here talking to me, but what is yes. your perception of what he wants? Um, I think at this point he just is trying to work on him and wants to work on us mm-hmm. and just kind of see where it goes. Okay. Well, I think it's mm-hmm. good news when um, both parties want to work. Mm-hmm. So you have agreement mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. And so just speaking generally, because um, marriage a marriage is a valuable thing. You have two mm-hmm. children. You are trying to build a family. Um I would never tell someone to get divorced or not get divorced. Obviously, that is always that person's decision. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think anybody gets divorced lightly. And yeah. I think that when people do, um, sometimes they're surprised at how painful it is. Mm-hmm. That it's even mm-hmm. more painful than they may have expected it to have been. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've definitely heard that from many people on the other side mm-hmm. of divorce. That when that court date came and they said it's finalized that people were surprised at how painful it really was. And yeah. it can be difficult yeah. to think about that in your present pain. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, and thinking, well, I just want to be out of pain, but that's not a guarantee. Yeah. Um, so when you have two people who are willing to work, I would um, say, if anything, you don't want to walk away until you have truly done everything that can possibly be done. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It. I. It doesn't sound like I don't hear you saying that there's abuse in this relationship. No. Um, none which, at all. which is a non-starter for me. I definitely mm-hmm. do not promote that people need to stay in abusive relationships, but I don't hear that here. No. Um, mm-hmm. I think I hear life got exhausting, as it mm-hmm. does, and there's mm-hmm. definitely can be phases in a marriage, particularly when we're raising children, um, where it starts to feel like a project. 
Like mm-hmm. we're just getting up every day, managing all of this and um, managing life, managing life, <laughs> managing paying life. bills, going mm-hmm. to work, dropping the kids off, picking the kids up, going to a play, going to parent teacher night, going, you know, just everything back and forth. And it can definitely start to feel like we're just kind of going through the motions. Um, that challenge comes in every marriage that's raising children. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not in some marriage, but I think in most marriages that can that time can come in, in the average life of people who are raising children. Um, so it sounds like the biggest challenge, and please tell me, I'm guessing, so confirm or, or let me know mm-hmm. that I'm missing it. Um, the biggest mm-hmm. challenge is um, that there's been these breaches mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. And I want to stop and for a moment and just acknowledge you for being willing to admit that an emotional affair is also serious because exactly. sometimes people try and downplay that in comparison. Um, no. But it's a, it's a breach. And so yes. I, I appreciate you having the maturity and the self-awareness to, to admit that. Um, mm-hmm. And so it sounds like one of the biggest challenges is forgiveness mm-hmm. on probably on both sides um, yes. and trying to decide if there's hope. Mm-hmm. I would say that, now, tell me more about the infidelity. Your understanding or your belief is that there was this incident, but not that there's been six women and that it's ongoing no, no, and that this no, is a person no. who's just... It's been... It's somebody who doesn't even live in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somebody who he met mm-hmm. on a boys trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's somebody that, you know, he's seen a few times. Mm-hmm. Um but she's, you know, she's not in our state at all. Okay. But, um, yeah. So that's about all that I know mm-hmm. about right. the person. I, I didn't really, I mean, I, in the beginning I did want to know, you know, details like mm-hmm. who is she, where does mm-hmm. she come from, where, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. where she live and mm-hmm. all of this kind of things. But as time went by, I just kind of was like, I I got to just let it go mm-hmm. because I'm just making myself crazy. Sure. I understand. You were just trying to figure <laughs> making, out what the best way is to negotiate this. Exactly. Right. So, um, yeah. So it's the, the, the one person that mm-hmm. I know of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe him when he says that because he, I mean, does your I gut, do know does him, your gut say you know? that that's true? Cause I think yes, women a lot sometimes gut. need to trust some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, in my gut, I, I feel like that's the part that that's mm-hmm. the person. Okay. Um, but, and I do kind of understand that piece of women and men are a little bit different too, when it comes to emotions, um, or how they feel about somebody. So his, you know, his whole thing is like, I didn't like, I'm not in love with this person. I'm not, you know, it was all of the other things that I knew about you, you know, Mm -hmm. like you having this emotional connection Mm -hmm. to this person, you, you know, my thoughts and me, you know, finding out that you went out and I was out of town. Mm -hmm. What did that mean? And, you know, I, maybe I should have had a conversation with you, but I just went the whole another way with it, Mm -hmm. you know, like we should have talked about it, but instead I just went into this dark place and decided to do my own thing Mm -hmm. because I felt like you were doing your own thing. Okay. So, so I think just based on what you're telling me, uh, affairs are very difficult mm-hmm. to, for for a couple to survive. And if a, but if a couple is interested in recovery, it's mm-hmm. not impossible mm-hmm. for a marriage to recover from the type of breaches that you have described. Assuming mm-hmm. that we're getting that whole the whole story, yeah. um, it is hard but it's not mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think one of the things that are misunderstood about affairs, emotional or physical, is that they have something to do with the other person in the marriage. Mm. And certainly it's a part of the system, but an affair is a system failure. Mm -hmm. So if a car is in really bad shape, it hasn't been tuned Mm -hmm. up in five years, it hasn't had the oil changed, it's barely running and the tires are bald. And then one day a tire flies off. Mm -hmm. No one's shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like, what in the world is wrong with this tire? I don't understand. Yeah. It's like, well, look yeah. at the car, sis. Like, yeah. <laughs> the car is yeah. a mess. And so why are we shocked that a tire flew off? And so yeah. in that way, sometimes we can under understand affairs as system failures mm-hmm. because the car was in bad shape mm-hmm. and the tire flew off. Yeah. And then it's not an entirely uncommon response for one partner to say, well, you did this, so I'm going to do that. It's not necessarily productive, but Mm -hmm. it's not out of the realm of things that we hear. If both people really want to do the work, it can be done. Um, Because affairs are system failures, we then need to work on the system, not blaming the person all for everything, as long as each person is taking responsibility, which it sounds like you guys are. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing to understand about affairs is that the propensity to have an affair is resides within the individual before they ever meet their partner. Mm. And so there are childhood experiences that we have that can predispose people to having an affair when they get married. That could have happened Mm -hmm. 10 years before they met their partner. So that's why I like to say Mm -hmm. in some ways it doesn't have anything to do with the relationship. It, Mm -hmm. and there's risk factors for affairs. Um, Growing up in a house with parents where there was an affair amongst parents, even Mm -hmm. when the young person doesn't know that there was an affair, we see it repeat. Do either of you have that in your family history where there wasn't a strong marriage or a marriage free of infidelity that you guys come from? If you look in your family history, can either of you find that? Yeah. 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 So that's a generational pattern that often repeats. Um, when And of course, any the presence of any type of um, child sexual abuse or molestation increases the chance of having a marriage that has this kind of breach. The use of alcohol in the home that the child grew up in actually increases the chances of an affair. Being exposed to pornography when people are very young. Having a bad temper and difficulty regulating emotion, difficulty expressing emotion. All of these actually are factors that increase the chances that under pressure, someone will have an emotional or physical affair. And so even as I'm sharing that, um, our listeners can't see your face, but I can. I can see you recognizing me as these things as I list them as Mm -hmm. risk factors. And so these are broken things that we bring into the relationship with us. And if we don't heal them, we will take them into our next relationship. And we will most likely unconsciously find someone else with the same brokenness and recreate this. And so it's worth fixing if it can be fixed. Forgiveness, as you mentioned, being one of the hardest things probably for both of you. But if I understand your commitment to Christ, you're going to have to forgive each other anyway. Yes. So true. Forgiveness is still going to be required. Even if you're not married, you still are going to have to forgive this person because of the what the word requires of us. Now, whether we forgive and remain in relationship is always the question. And I'm not saying yes. that this is a foregone conclusion, but the requirement to forgive is it. And if 
you feel like the two of you feel like this is a relationship worth working on, mm-hmm. then I would urge you to try it because yeah. of the emotional baggage that we bring in. Mm-hmm. It's not just about having picked the wrong person or had too much pressure. Like we are actually kind of subconsciously because of our traumas and our brokenness attracted to repeating patterns that have been going on in our lives in our families and in our lives and breaking those patterns well, of course, we know who the beneficiaries would be. Exactly. Those two little girls. Yes, And for so sure. I can't tell you what to do, but I yeah. wanted to give you this bigger framework of how to think about what's actually happening, that it's bigger than the two of you. It's, there's some, there may be some generational stuff going on. There may be some childhood brokenness that was carried in here going on. And um, that can build up and trigger us in ways that we didn't know we were vulnerable to being triggered. And Most definitely. that there's healing is possible for that kind of trauma. And so I would encourage people um, in a situation like yours, if it's possible to try to do some healing on this side of the marriage, because who knows what mm-hmm. might happen and um, see it. I think that um, professional intervention is really mm-hmm. necessary. So I was asked, would mm-hmm. you be open to you guys going to see a licensed marriage and family therapist? Yes, yeah. most definitely. Do you think that he might be open to that too? Um, I don't know about right this moment, but most you do? definitely. <laughs> but I do think, but I I'm do just think, teasing. you know, if if we do get to that point to where, mm-hmm. you know, we do want to be successful, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. are really wanting this to work, that we have to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, inevit- it's inevitable that we both would have to do that. Yeah, well, what I would encourage you to do um, is to immediately become intentional mm. because right now it seems that you're kind of in flux. You guys are just sort yeah. of floating around, waking up each day, seeing what's going to happen. And that is only going to, if, if you're not working forward, you're allowing something to just continue to deteriorate. And then mm-hmm. when it shows up completely dead, be shocked. Yeah. But each day that you all are separated and not doing and not having an intentional plan to either to work towards healing or resolution or dissolution, mm-hmm. um, we're not setting ourselves up to make an actual decision. It's like just trying to let something happen. Right. Oh, I agree. And oh, so, I agree. yeah, I want to encourage you to get intentional. And um, that's something that a counselor can help you do, which is, you know, OK, what is the purpose of this separation? Are we trying to. um are we each committing to go to counseling? Are we committing to go out on a date once a week and try and see and have conversations and see what's going on? Are we are we going to this therapist together? Are we going to therapy individually? Are we, you know, fasting on the same day and praying, um, asking God to continue to give us guidance? And are we going to then check in in two weeks and see where we are, in four weeks and see where we are? Mm-hmm. I encourage you to begin to look at putting together intentional things like that. Um, in order to be um, purposeful in what you're doing right now, because you are cradling in your hands a very mm-hmm. valuable asset, which is your family, your marriage and your mm-hmm. family. And yeah, it's not, a, it doesn't sense. sound impossible at all to me that, this, that mm-hmm. you could recover as a couple based on what you've shared, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. It will, but it will take active work. Yes, most definitely. And the question <laughs> is, what might you be, assuming he's equally willing, what might you be willing to pay? It doesn't sound it doesn't sound hopeless at all. It doesn't sound impossible. 
Um, but only you you know that and have to believe, and it's something that you guys would do together. So tell me what you're what you're thinking, hearing all of that. That it's going to take work, and then I have to most definitely, you know, I think I need to have more conversation because mm-hmm. it has been two mm-hmm. weeks, you know, since we did anything mm-hmm. together, and we haven't said a word about anything. It's kind of just been living mm-hmm. again. So I think, like you said, being intentional. Mm-hmm kind of, you know, setting and having those conversations Mm -hmm. and being open and honest with each other about how we're feeling and kind of, you know, setting the tone if it is every other Mm -hmm. week or, you know, making a point to schedule Mm -hmm. things and have it on the calendar so we can be moving in a direction Mm -hmm. instead of it just kind of being the same every day and no no change is happening. Yeah, now I definitely will emphatically say this. You cannot do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. You need a licensed marriage and family therapist working with you. You cannot do this by yourself. Um, I don't mm-hmm. say that to put down pastoral counseling or biblical mm-hmm. counseling, but because of the some of the issues that you've described, I think it would benefit mm-hmm. you very, very much to do um, some work with a with a professional uh, marriage counselor and. Um, yeah, I yeah, yeah to not bring that in um, would would be definitely showing up um, for uh, uh, to fight for something with nothing in your hand. Like not saying that yeah. our faith is not important, of course, but as a mm-hmm, therapist mm-hmm. and a minister, I'm saying need you to mm-hmm. do both um, yeah. because we need some yeah, tools and for sure. we'll have the kind of information like I just shared with you about really understanding where this affair propensity comes from, how we carry it from relationship mm-hmm. to relationship, that we're actually dealing with mm-hmm. some generational patterns that need to be broken. And so mm-hmm. um, I would love for you to definitely be more intentional with com- your communication. Think about these every two weeks, but like to get you connected to someone. Would would you like help with that? I would my love office some help would be with that. happy to help you um, get connected with somebody um, that that could work that with you locally great. so that you could dive into that um, and and it will take time working mm-hmm. through that to come to a resolution so it's not where will we be For in sure. a month it's where will we no. be in a year <laughs> exactly you know? um, I agree. and so having that long-term view is is another part of it but um, you sound like a person of strong faith and so, um, I say, keep holding on to that. Pray even more. <laughs> Pray for the therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pray for everyone. <laughs> um, and if a family can be um, saved, then then let it be so. Then let it be so. But at the end of the day, it is entirely your decision. And and I hope that I mm-hmm. that I've made you feel that way. That it that it's certainly Almost certainly definitely. in your hands. Any questions or thoughts for me? No, I just. Appreciate you and thank you so much for reaching out and um, us having this conversation tonight. It really, really helped. I'm a glad lot. to hear that. We will be in touch with you soon from someone from my office to um, offer you some possibilities for a counselor in your area. Okay, thank you All so right. much. Talk to you soon. So I want to start out by thanking Jasmine for her openness and her honesty and giving us the chance to talk about a very sensitive issue infidelity in marriage very sensitive issue how do you know when to stay and try to work through it how do you know when to walk away and that is a seriously personal decision on a case-by-case basis 
Jasmine, from what I can hear, as I said on our call, presents a situation that actually seems to have a lot of hope. This was a situation where there has been challenges on both sides. She was able to recognize her emotional affair, recognize um, how that impacted her husband and his response because of what he thought was going on. And then he stepped out in response to feeling like she was stepping out and all of these things get complicated. But it's clear that they still care deeply for each other um, and would like to see the relationship work out. It's not an easy thing to recover from, but it is not impossible. Now, let me be clear about what I'm not saying. I am not saying that women or men should look away from infidelity in their marriage if there are multiple incidents, chronic infidelity, mental, emotional, and spiritual abuse around it. I Trust me, you will never, ever, ever hear me recommend that someone try to work out an abusive relationship or step over a constant manipulation, a narcissist, a gaslighting situation where people are not only dealing with infidelity, but also just emotional abuse. You will never, ever hear me say that. But on the other end of the spectrum, it is possible for marriages to survive some infidelities. And here's the key. It's not about moving past it. It's about rebuilding a different, better, stronger marriage than existed before the infidelity occurred. We can't just move past it. We have to rebuild. And that's where a lot of couples miss out when they decide they want to try to make it work because of how they feel about each other, because they want to keep their family together. They will say, okay, well, we're just going to move forward. We're just going to move past it. But that is nearly impossible to do. And it can leave the marriage with a limp for many years to come. The wise thing to do is not to just move past it, but to actually stop and intervene in a way that leaves the couple with a better, stronger marriage than they had before. I wanna recommend a book to anyone who is dealing with this issue or who wants to prevent this issue in their marriage. The book is called Torn Asunder, How to Recover from an Extramarital Affair. Torn Asunder. It's by a man named Dave Carter, and it really is an excellent book. One of the things it does is that it explains the different types of affairs that can come into a marriage. Emotional affairs, one night stands. There's another affair called the entangled affair where it's both physical and emotional and long lasting. And then there's infidelity that's related to addictions to sex and pornography. And that's a totally different type of infidelity. So depending on the type of infidelity that the marriage has suffered, we respond differently and it has different levels of hope for recovery, different types of work that can be associated with it. But we have to understand first what is actually happening here. Second, the book really does dive into how our brokenness from childhood, from previous relationships can be brought into the relationship and increase the chances that there will be infidelity in the marriage. So people are bringing in brokenness and baggage with them that predispose them to be unfaithful when they are under certain pressures or predispose people to marry someone who will be unfaithful. It is a generational repetition. There are other relational aspects that have to be addressed. And so this book really dives into that and I think gives people an opportunity to see it as a larger issue than just I wasn't pleasing you, I wasn't enough for you, you did this to hurt me, 
why would you do this to me? Of course, all of those feelings are real, but if you're interested in rebuilding a different and better marriage, then we have to pull back the lens and understand how we bring baggage into the relationship, but also how and why we may be attracted to someone who brings that type of baggage into the relationship. And finally, this book will describe relationship styles that are more likely to produce affairs. And and by understanding that, you can, as a couple, work to uh, affair-proof your marriage by avoiding these specific relationship styles. So I actually use the book Torn Asunder as a text um, to help with premarital counseling and as a way of preventing affairs because honestly, um, as a counselor, I can tell you that I I have seen it so much more often than um, I would like. I would like to never see it, but how common it has become in marriages means that including it in premarital counseling to talk about it, to examine the baggage that couples are bringing in and to find ways to affair proof a marriage has become an important part of premarital counseling. And by the way, I recommend premarital counseling for everyone. It is definitely something that we do at our church. Um, and we don't marry couples who have not gone through premarital counseling with us. It's really important to take the time to explore the decision that you're about to make um, when you want to join your life with someone. So again, thank you to Jasmine for giving us the opportunity to talk about this very sensitive topic and uh, check out Dave Carter's book, Torn Asunder. We are about to wrap this episode, but I don't want to go without giving specific love to my single sisters. We spent time in this episode learning about relationships by examining what happens when you are thinking about ending one. But I do want to give a shout out to women who are hoping to start one. I want to honor you by choosing not to give you any advice today. Instead, I want to acknowledge the advice that you are sick of hearing. I recently asked single ladies to let me know what they are absolutely tired of hearing married women tell them. And here are some of the responses that I got. You're a great woman. The right guy will come. Apparently, this is not comforting. Your Boaz is out there. Married sisters, our single sisters are sick and tired of hearing about Boaz, Ruth, Esther, and that Proverbs 31 woman that they're supposed to be preparing to be. Just sick, sick, sick about it, okay? So we need to stop. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. As if to say that a woman is not allowed to step to a guy and say hello when she think he fine. Sisters, I want you to know I definitely stepped to my husband first. I freely admit that. And here we are 25 years later. So you take that. Find yourself. Like single women get that, but they're tired of hearing it. You don't need a man to be happy. Well, okay. They might not need a man to be happy, but they want one and that's okay. Put yourself out there. You need to lower your standards. It will happen when you least expect it. Oh girl, you have plenty of time. And then of course, there are the God advice. It will happen in God's timing. God has somebody special for you. God wants you to be whole first. Listen, we need to be careful putting God into our explanations for what is missing or what we perceive to be missing in somebody else's life. That just sets people up to be hurt because it's suggesting that for some reason, God has not yet deemed them worthy of relationship. And it's unfair, particularly that God wants you to be whole first. Let me tell you, I was a whole hot mess when my husband and I got married. I didn't even know how much of a mess I was, but my husband was instrumental in God's hands in healing me. So. 
you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be um, completely healed and have everything right for God to release your husband. It, you know, it's just, ladies, I'm sorry. I just want to apologize on behalf of all married women. I'd like to believe that we have meant well when we have delivered this advice. I can't guarantee that everybody has, but I think most people have meant well, but it seems that we have dropped the ball. So I just want to apologize. I'm standing in the gap right now and apologizing for that. And I want to let you know that I love you, that I respect you, and that you are allowed to feel however you want to feel about your singleness. If that is your preferred state and you don't ever want to get married, I absolutely respect and support that. If you would really like to get married and you're experiencing some frustration in the waiting period, honey, you are allowed to feel however you want to feel. It's not my call to tell you how you shouldn't feel. I will tell you to take absolutely wonderful care of yourself, pursue your dreams, do your thing, live your life to the fullest. I'm just going to pray for you. And unless you ask me directly for advice, I will mind my business and drink my water. Thank you so much for listening to the Ready, Set, Glow series. It's been an honor and a privilege to be here with you. I want to thank Pastor Sarah for trusting me uh, to spend this time with the delegation. It's been awesome. And I look forward to being with you guys again. Bye-bye.